You're listening to Around Comics, episode 147. Chicago, this is Around Comics, the Comic Culture Roundtable. I'm Christopher Neisman. I'm Brian Salazar. I'm Tom Caters. <laughs> and doubling as Scotty Young this year. And you're not. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start stealing from Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah, because that's when you know the, the show's on its way down. <laughs> when it just becomes a video show of me doing Pratt Falls while like, hanging Christmas arms. That's going to be the Christmas episode, is me falling while decorating the house. So, should we give the uh, the Scotty update, or should we let him tell the story next week? <laughs> well, I do. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to him? Did he really kill Casey? No, no but he calls me on Tuesday, I think it was. And, and I was kind of starting to get concerned, because I figured he would call me earlier. Here's Friday, the bus know. driving up. This Al's going to throw Scotty out. I'm here. like, what the hell? You know, what, what happened to him and everything? So, he calls me up finally on Tuesday, and uh, I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? He's like, hey. I'm like, where are you at? And he's like, oh, I'm calling you from a hotel in Santa Fe, New Mexico. <laughs> what? what the fuck? <laughs> he missed Colorado. <laughs> he got Did he not get up that? <laughs> oh, no. No, they got up the mountain. They got up the mountain. Uh, Barely. <laughs> they had they had some uh, some issues with uh, not being able to breathe at 11,000 feet too well. And, uh, <laughs> and they were a little concerned of the snow. Uh, Casey smoked. <laughs> I mean, uh, Scotty smoked. So yeah, that's... So. Probably a problem. They, were, they weren't enjoying themselves very well, so they ended up uh, hopping in the car and, and, I th- I and think driving the, back. The, to the, the sheer desolation of uh, you know, for two city folk, folk up on the mountain. They were a little overwhelmed by it and solitude. Yeah, too, too much nature. I think so. And uh, so they got in the car. They drove to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and and hung out there. And then he called me today and left me a message. I didn't get the the call, but now they're in uh, Branson, Missouri. <laughs> oh, yeah, at the Yak F. Smirnoff Theater? He has his own theater in Does Branson really? now, yeah. Not I th- just I Andy think Williams. Not yeah. just Andy Williams in Branson anymore. I think they're doing a tour of the Bible Belt Super Walmarts. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably around there. So I'll let him elaborate on the story, yeah. but... Uh, but High altitude. Yeah, Not good. Yeah, he we didn't. found Scotty's weakness. High altitude. <laughs> if we ever move the show to on high altitude, altitude we might have to adapt. We're more. moving to the top four of the Sears Tower, yeah, folks. That's not enough. We need... We're talking... When when we do the show from the top top of Everest, like we talked about, <laughs> episode two hundred around comics Kilimanjaro, yeah, yeah when very nice, we climb the mountain because it's there. It's there, there exactly. Well, I tell you, whenever Scotty does come back, we're going to be able to talk about his uh, month of the month club, club month, month selection. That's a worse name. Oh <laughs> God. At the, at the edutainment center. <laughs> edutainment center. Yeah, that's why we should call. It. You know, I'm I'm at this point I, it, I'm warming up to that. Well, uh, Scotty's edutainment selections for for this month, which is one trade, one CD, and one movie. Uh, for the trade, he has picked the Witching Hour by uh, Jeff Loeb and Chris Pacello. Yes, and he's picked Open Range as his movie, starring uh, uh, Kevin Costner, Robert, Robert Duvall. 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 Duvall's and, uh, and is it? 
Shelley Duvall. No, not Shelley Duvall. Okay. <laughs> Annette Benning, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of my pick, which is going to be Popeye. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> and that uh, was uh, Blast Tyrant by Blast Clutch. Blast Tyrant by Clutch is the CD. And yeah. uh, uh, a great way to get the witching hour, and you still have a little bit of time, is to pick that up at InStockTrades.com. And definitely want to remind you that this episode of Around Comics is sponsored by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades.com is offering this month's reading selection, The Witching Hour, to Around Comics listeners for an amazing 40% off the cover price. Get your copy today for $11.97. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. It's your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essentials, showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more. All at great discounted prices. And remember, all orders over $50 ship for free. Totally free. So InStockTrades.com... Go check it There's out. There's no hidden fees. No, no hidden... No hidden fees. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually putting in an order with them this week. I think I'm finally going to get the uh, the Planet Hulk hardcover. Oh. Finally going to catch up on Terra. Planet Hulk. Well, you know, before I read uh, the What If. What If Planet Hulk? Yeah. Don't get Do me started off? on that. <laughs> I, I didn't read it. I don't... Uh, just What Ifs in general, I'm not a big ah, fan of. Yeah. I think it's like... Uh, it, it, I've never been a fan of the what ifs. It takes away from the we, we will story, debate in this opinion. in a couple moments right. because I am a fan of the what yeah, ifs. But figures. before we get to that, I want to uh, remind everyone that <laughs> yeah, Around Comics sense. is recorded every Friday at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago, Chicago. the greatest city in the universe. Wow, that's if you're that's in really the neighborhood, uh, come on by and I'm say howdy. Candor. <laughs> 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 All right, well, uh, we'll get to our what if talk uh, coming up next. It's time for Top of the Stack. Top, top of the, top stack. Of the stack. Stack, stack, That's right, it's Top of the Stack. Our chance to let you, the listener, know what we, the panel, have been reading for the last week. Nothing. Oh. I'm lying. <laughs> I, actually read, I read a lot of yeah. That was just filling in for Scotty. Scotty, yeah, it's nothing this I week. Read a, I read a boatload, buttload oh, of stuff this week. I was prepared. I oh, really? I got After notes. last week's, you have well, notes? I was a little embarrassed you last week. Notes? I took notes. You should have been Damn. embarrassed. You I was a little on the show. I know. I, I, I'm a complete. It's rough failure. talking about comics and you just have three people like staring at you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, three. I well, was. You're always just staring at me. <laughs> Well, you know, it's really gay. Can you and Scotty just I I fucking me the whole time? <laughs> hey, with the beard, Tom. You're a sexy. Yeah. You're a sexy animal. It brings my now. eyes out. It. it does. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, no, I did read though. I did read a lot of stuff. So. Well, but, uh, Tom, I, I'm not going to start. No, no, you have. I, I, I do it now. Yeah, always. You, you always it's, it's start. Your, it's your station. We don't want to change formats. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that'd be horrible. Oh, that's... Uh, I had a couple books I wanted to talk about, but the one that I was really, really desperately wanted to talk about was Proof number one from Image <laughs> uh, Comics. Uh, I almost, by, I had it in my hand this week and didn't I, buy I couldn't pull the trigger. Uh, it's it was written a, by Alexander Grecian and uh, art by I Riley Rosmo. chicken. Ros- <laughs> I like its formula. Uh, <laughs> Riley Rosmo, colored by Tyler Jenkins. It is, uh, it's sort of kind of like BPRD with Bigfoot and <laughs> other cryptids or, you know, uh, cryptozoology creatures in it uh the big difference though is that bigfoot is the only non-human in this organization that goes around and uh what they do is they sort of investigate uh you know stuff like chupacabras and loch ness monster goat suckers goat sucker. yeah exactly or the mexican bigfoot, <laughs> the mexican bigfoot. you ever heard of the uh, bi- the big muddy monster from down in southern illinois uh, uh-huh. have you ever heard of the skunk ape <laughs> 
<laughs> no. I'm going to write a black lot of cats. these guys. The Sk- black cats yeah, of southern Skunk Illinois. Ape's like um, the southern Bigfoot. Oh. It's like Bigfoot except it stinks. But I would think that Bigfoot wouldn't smell that the aroma yeah. would not be very it's just good. Bigfoot in warmer weather, I think, is a sweaty, <laughs> a sweaty warm. Bigfoot. Sweaty, yeah. But uh, the, the gist of the book is that um, you have this new, uh, new regular person. This girl gets um, brought into the organization uh, due to the fact that she was involved in a uh, stopping a bank robbery where a golem showed up to uh you know take care of the situation in golem which is a jewish legend of a creature made out of mud that yeah it's a you know, old it's legend. never a good thing no it's never a good thing and she's the only one who's sort of curious about it and won't accept the fact that everyone tells her that it didn't happen so they draft her into it and her partner's bigfoot or sasquatch and uh, they have to go investigate a chupacabra in Minnesota. Wait, uh, what? Yeah. Minnesota? Well, you go into the back matter, and there has been a chupacabra yeah, sighting in Minnesota. everywhere. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's a really basic, you know, setup. It is sort of BPRD with Bigfoot. It's a little kind of like, kind of like the X Files. Yeah, Bigfoot, it's a little. Yeah. I would say a little funnier than it plays a little bit more towards laughs than probably BPRD right. does, and there's a little bit of a difference because. Part of the joke is that Sasquatch, you know, is dresses like a person. He's been around for like 200 years and has become very like cultured. So he like wears really nice clothing and knows about fine wines and all these sort of things like that. And uh, the really great part is it's also a great with book, great back matter uh, where they talk. The writer Alexander Grishin sort of talks about his own Bigfoot beliefs, like he doesn't. He's sort of agnostic about Bigfoot. <laughs> like, it'd be cool maybe, if he existed, but he's not. not holding out much hope right. for it. And he's, uh, they're going to have, like, columns by Bigfoot hunters in the oh back my. of it. Um, he gives uh, he gives a pretty interesting... Very uh, reputable yeah, lot. Yeah, great the Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, he gives uh, book recommendations in the back, which aren't all ones about how Bigfoot exists. He recommends a book that sort of disproves all the Bigfoot stuff. He recommends one by a Bigfoot believer... He recommends a couple uh, cryptozoology encyclopedias where you can look up all kinds of sweet stuff like the sea ape and the skunk ape. Because uh, I was big out. into cryptozoology for a while. Because I, I don't believe a single one of those things exist, but I, I'm fascinated by people's persistence in believing in them that Bigfoot exists. Well, I was talking to Chris about this on the way up here, because you know, I know you had, you had mentioned it, that you were picking that book. And, yeah. crypto- and I was kind of into cryptozoology yeah. at one time, too, just sort of... And it's like, I'd, I have really no belief in any of that stuff, yeah. but I love the sort of stories about it. You know, yeah. It's like the, the legends, the urban legends, yeah. and the myth, and, and all that stuff about it. It's entertaining, but once you kind of... Try and look at it we scientifically. Have like, Google, you know, like Google Earth has like a pic. You can, if I can get a picture of me in front of my house, like, I find it a little hard that there's no, no decent big picture. <laughs> yeah, no, well, still, yeah. no, no everyone's big walking big around big. with a camera these days. Right. Pretty we much. found Chris's mom on Google Maps. <laughs> that, yes, that is crazy. <laughs> you know, you know they're but doing. We can't find Bigfoot. Well, yeah, yeah, we can't find Bigfoot. Wait, actually, did we talk about that on the show? I don't know if we ever it's, did. Mention you know, it. if you go um, uh, Google Maps and like what New York and yeah, there's like six Chicago. cities, six major cities where they they do the street level view where mm-hmm. you, you uh, can click on it and they've taken pictures, you know, mm-hmm. of every angle, 360 degree angle of the entire route. So we were on it, and we're like, oh, Chris, my, like, oh let's go check on my parents' house. So we go to it, <laughs> a picture of my and mom there's his in the mom front yard. <laughs> in the front yard. I was going to say, 
when you talked about the Bigfoot stories, I used to, and I've mentioned this several times in the show, I used to love listening to Art Bell just because mm-hmm. of right. the ridiculous bullshit on that show. But I remember <clears> once they had a guy tell a story about he was uh, he accidentally shot a Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> and for the rest of his life, Bigfoot Chased him. followed him. Bigfoot <laughs> would follow Big him. He could hear their calling in the background and be like a... <laughs> <laughs> and he would know that the big feet had found him. He didn't have to he'd have to move. And for some reason, that story is like. But um, it's sort of like the criminal That's of uh, cryptozoology with all the. It's the criminal of cryptozoology with all the back matter <laughs> in the back of it. So if you are fascinated by that sort of stuff, pick it up. They they um they're so excited about this book that they drew five issues before it got picked up by Image, and they have like five years planned out because they're so good lord like. So well, there's um, a lot of there's a lot, lot of, of matter that a lot you of can, crazy yeah, shit you could get into with, it, with that so, stuff. Uh, if I want to read all five years of it, so I want people to buy it. That's a good enough yeah. reason. That's a good reason. Okay. Purely selfish. Uh, but it was good. Writing. Oh, it was good, great. Art the art solid. was really. It was like a, the art had a nice scratchy, stylized sort of feel to it, and the the writing was really good, and they played around with like time shifts well. Thought it was. I, I was going to mention, unfortunately, uh, the 2007 Bigfoot Symposium, the 40th annual. Yeah. It was this year. It was canceled, unfortunately. Wow. I don't know why. They didn't have any reason. I was thinking low attendance, maybe, or something. But or they found or the kids. It was the 40th anniversary. Maybe Bigfoot is like comic books and that they haven't been able to get a younger crowd. <laughs> <laughs> They're fascinated by some Japanese monster. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mothra. Chupacabra. Yeah. Damn Mothra. Chupacabra's taken over for Bigfoot, I That's think. That's bullshit. Yeah, I know. Oh, guy comes fly by night, yeah. you know, sort of goat sucker. Goat I sucker. want a giant hairy man wandering the forest with a Timex. Yeah, skunk ape. <laughs> skunk ape. Orangutan skunk means ape. man of the forest. Oh, that's a side note. It's <laughs> a very, very, wanna, very, very, very edutaining book. Yeah. I want to get into something later on. I knew that that, that I... ties into this. But uh, uh, did did, I, did you guys watch that show on? I think it was NBC. It was on this week called Phenomenon. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, okay. but I, just, I have my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get to that later. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah. Uh, why don't you go next, buddy? All right, my uh, my pick. Uh, was, this is a shocker. Yeah, this was a shocker to me. Get ready for the internet to be torn in half. I'm tearing it in half. Uh, Moon Knight number thirteen. <laughs> what? I know. Uh, with uh, didn't uh, didn't didn't by, we leave this book for dead Char- months ago? This is Charlie Houston's final issue, so of course it was his best. Uh, it's written by Charlie Houston with a new penciler, uh, Tom Coker, um, and uh, colors by Dean White. And it's uh, it was a look. I don't know how many pages it was. I think it was like forty five pages or something. It's a thicker, it looks thicker heavy. issue. It was three ninety nine, and like I said, it's the final issue of uh, Houston's run. Yeah. And this uh, Moon Knight has been hammered, rightfully so, from the beginning. Uh, it's it has not been good. It's been hard to read. It has just not been a good story. It's confusing. talk about putting it on a T <clears throat> and striking out. It uh, it, I, it, it wasn't good. This issue though was really good. I really enjoyed it, and it made me consider the fact that it had nothing to do with Charlie Houston. The ba- the book was so bad. It had to do with David Finch, uh, his sort of Baroque art in the mm-hmm. 12 issues before it that made the book really unreadable. Because yeah. this is, uh, the is art that, in this is... that is, issue 13? <clears throat> this is issue 13. Okay. Uh, the art in this is uh, sort of a cross between maybe like David like Lark and point. Bill yeah. Sienkiewicz. It's like a gritty, realistic, but who, stylized... Uh, who does uh, Punisher Max? Which, I love that book. I don't know off the top of my head. Kind of um, reminiscent. 
Yeah, I mean, it's got it's got a sort of gritty feel to it, but it has a little more style than a lot of the sort of photorealistic stuff you see today. Um, like I said, it, it, it gave me a little Senkevich feel to it a little bit. Um, and the story itself is basically a, sort of the tale of Mark Spector, who is Moon Knight, <clears throat> is uh, decided to try and register with the uh, initiative because he wants to still be a vigilante and he and he knows the only way he'll be able to do what he wants to do is to is to register but <clears throat> Mark Spector is um uh is like bipolar and psychotic and multiple personality disorder yeah man. he's fucking nuts so uh it would be it's going to be hard for him to go through this interview process and get approved so most of the story is told about him going through this interview process but there's uh, there's sort of uh, flashbacks and things going on sort of behind the scenes as this interview is going on that lead to a really interesting ending and, and him ultimately being approved and becoming a registered superhero by S.H.I.E.L.D. So, um, I mean, it wasn't anything... I mean, it, it, what I liked about it was it sort of... You could understand the story. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. that was really nice that I could actually understand. I don't think it. I've been able to hear anybody give that thorough of an explanation of a yeah. midnight issue without yeah. at some point going, "I don't get what happened with this guy." <laughs> well, that's so. what I'm amazed with because it was just it was a real straightforward story. I mean, it was interesting. It was. You know, it was just a good, solid Moon Knight. If this had been what the first twelve issues were, would have been on board. Yeah, absolutely. You got a I Moon mean, Knight tattoo yeah, by now. It, it was really good, and I'm I'm really kind of sorry now that Charlie Houston's leaving the book. Uh, it, it, how you don't know what, what, what you got till it's yeah. gone. What's our so. <laughs> What's our life expectancy on Moon Knight? Uh, I don't. Well, I mean, you're, it still you're, sells fairly decent. But yeah. it started off so high that it. Um. I mean, you're getting uh, the new the new uh, um, team on it is Mike Benson, who wrote the Punisher Max Annual, and Mark Teixeira is going uh, ghostwriter is really? going to be doing the art. So the, I mean, you're getting a a pretty good team coming onto it. I like Teixeira, and I, like I said, I think <clears throat> I think the biggest problem with it was I mean it was it's so hard, hard to, to friggin' read. <laughs> and by, by the way, it, you can tell two baseball fans here because I believe it's Mark Teixeira. In the comic world, is it? And the first baseman for the Atlanta Braves <laughs> is Mark Teixeira. So oh, it's well. it's actually Teixeira. So. Is it? I, I'm going to say Teixeira, <clears throat> but that's a, yeah, the baseball player is Teixeira. But it, it also served uh, the purpose of like wrapping up the the uh, first twelve issues and sort of that whole story arc and and putting Moon Knight in a you know in a place where it's like okay you can move forward now. Uh, which I sort of appreciated him, you know, doing that and getting everything. If you sort love of something, you let it go. I know, I know, but I, I was amazed. It was, it was, uh, like I said, I wish the first twelve issues would have been this good and this concise and clearly written and understandable and enjoyable. It was really good. It was. So which personality? Exactly what, what, which personality did he register under? Um, you got to read it to find out. Cause okay. He, he didn't. That actually well, is addressed, kind of. Uh, uh, all three of his personalities are uh, interviewed. <laughs> and and yeah and it plays into uh it actually plays into him That's getting cool. registered you have to read it it was really it was really well crafted because there's things that happen in the beginning that you're kind of like oh what what is this who's who are these people what's going on and then it all comes back in the end and it all makes sense as to what was happening and why and it all had something to do with mm -hmm his plan to get registered. He had a definite plan, but you don't really know that until 
the end kind of and and uh you know it, in even in the end of it though you're still kind of like well is he is he as crazy as he seems or is he not but it it was really so are you was, ready to see and i don't think it's going to happen for at least a year but are you ready to see charlie houston give it another go oh absolutely i mean like i said i i uh i'm convinced now that it was the artwork in this book and not the writing which is hard to believe but i mean it's the same writer the story's not that much different it seems why would, uh, all of a sudden it's like he changes writing styles and other, i don't know the uh, other half of the story time. it was completely readable completely understandable i was never lost i was never and it was just a good solid sort of gritty story uh about mark specter and it's uh, yeah yeah I, uh, unfortunately uh it's it was his last uh, well there it is, yeah, he'll, there be it is. He'll, he'll be back he'll be back he's He'll land on his feet with that novel writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might, I, th- I think he's going right. to make more I think money. He's make more money. <laughs> he might be all right with that. Uh, for mine, and it was—I um, was telling Sal this earlier today. I thought it was a solid comic week, not a great comic week, but I enjoyed pretty much everything that I read. Yeah. But nothing bowled me over. Uh, but probably the, the my most enjoyable for this week was Triple X Zombies, and this is uh, Crawl Space, number one, and Triple X Zombies is the first story in Crawl Space uh, from Image Comics. It's Rick Remender and Tony Moore were the uh, the story creators. Uh, Karen Dwyer does art, and this is a story set in the 70s with zombies and uh, pornography. I might be reaching my zombie overload. I I liked, I really liked this issue, but just because I loved the art in it. Yeah. The story was, I mean, it's the first issue of a four-part story, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like Suburban Glamour last week, where, like, not, I wouldn't say anything, like, groundbreaking happens because it can't, because it's the first issue right. of a mm-hmm. four-part story. But the art was awesome. Oh, but, Karen Dwyer is yeah. a really underrated artist. Yeah. What, did, what did Tony do? Um, well, t- Tony, Tony did the cover, and he, 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 he and he, Remender kind of cooked up the story. Dwyer oh, okay, did the okay. cover. I think Tony inked it or something uh or is it the other way no i think um he did a ver- he did one of there's two covers mm-hmm. i don't know which one that one is that's the that's the tony moore one are you sure because there's kd that the, oh that is the karen Dwyer. Dwyer, yeah yeah okay well i haven't seen you called I me out it, yeah i just called you <laughs> out <laughs> you bitch. called me out bitch um you know i i think this is and they've gone on the record of saying that after they're done with this they're pretty much done with zombies it's, yeah karen dwyer and tony moore have have kind of made their names with zombies coming up. Let's end it! Yeah, and they want this to kind of be the last story in zombies. The swan song. And, and it, it, it's right in Remender's wheelhouse. Yeah. It's it's 1970s. You you can almost hear the bad jazz music in the in the you know, bad, fat, you know, funk and, and jazz. And by bad, you mean bad. Yeah. It's <laughs> premature ejaculation jokes. Exactly. Oh, it's, uh, you know, but the, the basic setup for the story is, is, is pretty cool. There's uh, a uh, uh, porn house, I guess you would call porn it. House. Uh, this uh, at least for one weekend. This re- this real sleazy guy needs to needs to lay down like you know forty hours of hardcore porn uh, over over who, this weekend. We've all had to do that. And, yeah, <laughs> who hasn't been there before? And uh, and he owes gangsters money, that kind of stuff. So it, it's basically you know. Get the porn stars in this house, lock the doors, and seal yourself off from the world. Well, while this is going on, there's a zombie outbreak in Damn it. In, in California. And so they they come out of this house, and California is crawling, zombies it's crawling with zombies. So, 
Uh, anybody notice Hilarity that both to- Tony Moore and Karen Dwyer do something that I absolutely love, which is they? It seems like they freehand all their uh, frames, all their panels. Yeah, they, you know, and I love that. It just to me, it just adds so much. I really like the coloring in that book too. I yeah. thought it was really nice. Karen's Karen's pretty awesome. It's very, it was very, it was very well done. It was very well done. <laughs> well, I executed, haven't read it. I haven't read well it. executed yeah. zombie smut story. Zombie um, smut story. But uh, this was, uh, I believe, this was originally conceived as as a mini series for Image, and yeah. and got rolled into that. It, yeah, thing. it got got rolled into into Crawl Space, and this is going to be the ongoing series by Rick Remender and Karen Dwyer. So it's good to see Karen Dwyer on a regular so book. Crawl yeah. Space is the ongoing. Yeah. It's Crawl Space is the name of the book. Triple X Zombies is the first story, but so it, it had it's origi- be kind of more it, of a it was originally kind of thing. Or something? No, it was originally solicited, I believe, as Triple X Zombies as a miniseries. Right. But Rick and Karen Dwyer have so many of these kind of you know nutty horror stories that they wanted to do an ongoing horror book. So Triple X Zombies is the first story arc in Crawl Space. Are they going to tie in together? Or are they all going to be kind of independent? I think they're going to go in like under the Crawl like, Space like, banner. Do, yeah. They're all yeah. under the banner. That's kind of cool. I just want to understand it. Yeah, so like uh, after Triple so X Zombies is done... understand is Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> the life, my life would be <laughs> yeah. so, so the next story easier. could be about, you know, uh, zo- zombie actors in the 50s or Shakespearean something Shakespearean like vampire actors. Cool. There you go. Rick, if you're listening, run with it. Yeah. <laughs> if you um, use that idea, I'll fucking sue you. I think there's... You know, I, zombies is obviously kind of not not done, um, but I think I there, can't get enough. I think there's room for for, for good fun horror yeah. ongoing. A well drawn, well written. Well written. You can do anything as long as it's well drawn and well written. That's well-written. right. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Yeah. yeah. And Remender has you know kind of a nice sense of humor with stuff. It's he's sick. He is sick kind of a bastard. sick twisted guy. He's a sick guy. Uh, he's yeah, he's he, got issues. <laughs> but I love him for it. Violent too. <laughs> Let's not forget the violence. So anyway, that's that's my that's my top of the stack. So you guys just want to kind of round table it a little sure. bit and sure. go I over. Got, I got, wanna, got time. Um, I really wanted to talk about X Men First Class. You love that. I love. Yeah, I know, uh, and I feel like I need to trumpet it more. <laughs> I, I have some very exciting, uh, exciting news for uh, Hero Clicks players regarding X-Men Hero Clicks. Jeff Parker's getting his own piece. <laughs> <laughs> the Jeff Parker clip. The Jeff Parker clip. No, I. I'll, I'll do this before you do your yeah. uh, do your review, Mention but uh, the Hero um, portion of the show. I'm a Hero Clicks player. We've talked about this before, and there's a new Marvel set coming out uh, next month or sometime in November called Mutants and Mut- or Monsters and Mutations, and they are doing the X Men First Class Hero Clicks, and oh. I'm very excited about there it. There you nice. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, there hasn't been Suntra, Shut up. There hasn't been a good original X Men Hero Click team is, uh, in years. Is Parker's Bobby my man? I'm a big Parker. Fan. Is uh, Bobby Drake gonna have an iPod? Because I know that. No, that 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 bothered me. That that's why I don't read that book. Is because really? they have iPods. That you see. Uh, now I'm gonna go off on a tangent about that. <laughs> it's not right. It's not. Go on. I'm sorry. So we, you would prefer for them to be sitting around watching Dick Dick Cavett? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I yeah. would. And like would. new readers will pick the book up and be, oh, this is great. No, no, Dick no. This, this is this is my problem. No, seriously, Tom. This is my problem. Is when books go out of their way to make things in, in present iPod. time. A lot of people have iPods. Why does, why does X-Men First Class have to be set in present day? Why does it have to... Why not? Why does it? Because it 
people identify with that. Do, do you have to? It's have, not, do, not do every have issue. To, they're not. Do you have to make a big deal about Bobby they Drake? They didn't make a big deal. Yes, they, they had did. They showed a panel. No, you made a big, a big deal, deal out of it. it. They it dedicated was, like two panels to him yeah, having an two iPod. Two panels in like they thirteen been, books. <laughs> that could have been it's not like, like every issue. They're fighting over their <laughs> iPod. <laughs> That could have been, been two panels dedicated to Sauron. Yeah, exactly. No, well, it's I don't know. It's just it's just something that takes me out of the story. And it's because not, you're an old man, yeah, I am, and I'm Jesus. Read it. It like ruins my continuity, read Tom. It, read it like an adult, right, Tom? <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Know, it just takes me. Out Either of the way, I hard. really, I really enjoyed it. I don't think there was any, uh, there was any iPods or um, <laughs> they, didn't talk, they didn't talk about Britney at the VMAs and this issue. And they're giant at. Yeah, I. Uh, whenever I see people talk about like Xbooks and like their favorite Xbooks, I never see people mention this. And it makes me sad because I don't like the Xbooks, but I like this book. <laughs> and I'm like, this. It's so. When people are like, what books are non-continuity? And I mentioned this last week in The Answer Man when someone asked me about continuity. I was like, well, if you don't want a non-continuity book, pick up X-Men First Class. You don't need to know anything right. about it. I mean, you're seeing, like, this issue, which was number five, written by Jeff Parker with art by Roger Cruz, is um, X-Men running into the Hulk for the first time. And it's just, it's really basic and funny, and the art is nice, and the characters <laughs> are likable. Which, I mean, I've never liked Iceman, but I love Iceman <laughs> in this book as being really, he's really funny right. and acts like a kid. A kid. <laughs> yeah, you know, like sometimes you forget. There's a tendency, I think, like um, with most comic book characters that they all sort of end up being like about 26. Mm-hmm. Because I think you know the age of the, the writers, writers are sort of, well, they or older. It's sort right. of, and you kind of lose track that certain characters are actually older than other characters because everyone looks is drawn as muscular as everyone else, and everyone is written to talk the same way as everyone right, else. This is just mean. Yeah, thing. so it's nice to read a book where like Cyclops is skinny. You know, and <laughs> awkward. And he, he lives up or down to his name, I guess. Yeah, and it's yeah. funny. And it's Jeff slant. Parker throws in nice little jokes <laughs> everywhere. And I just want people to be aware that it exists. I'm a big fan of Jeff Parker. And I think uh, a lot of his work has been extraordinarily good and extraordinarily underappreciated so far uh, yeah. by you know by a lot of readers. I don't know why. Uh, uh, Agents of Atlas. Yeah, which I thought was just awesome. I think that's and picked up pretty good buzz, which I'm happy. Yeah. you hear a lot of people talk. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people talk about it. So I think that's. Did you good guys? Did the, you ever read the the original X Men before? You know the mm-hmm. giant size. Did, sure, did, did it sucks. That? No, I, no. <laughs> Screw you. They were talking about fucking uh, CD or uh, albums in there. And it should have been. I like the Neil. I like the Neil Adams stuff. The Roy, the Roy Thomas Neil Adams stuff was really, really cool. Some, <laughs> my, some of my favorite comics of all time are from that the run. Stan Lee stuff. I'm. I, I'm utterly convinced that the making up of mutants was just because he got tired of figuring out reasons for people to get powers. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, they're just born with them. He just, uh, you uh, got them. Yeah. <laughs> and the story sort of reflects that same, yeah. that same sort of diligence <laughs> for a couple of years. That's, the, that's in, you know, maybe maybe we're just getting to the age and, and maybe take for granted that, that people know the history of that book, but it was so close to the chopping block for so long. It went for how many, how many. Um, issues where they were just doing reprints. It's like a couple of years, five years. Yeah. 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 
and and mouthful of sandwich. It was uh, it was Roy Thomas and uh, and Neil Adams that kind of saved that series for like a year before it went into reprints yeah. and then kind of got reinvented with uh, with giant size. But yeah. that that last uh, what they were going to give they were going to give Neil <clears throat> Adams an issue or two on that, and they ended up extending it for over a year. And I I love that run. It's kind of funny to because uh, you can imagine the X Men ending with that because you saw them kind of pull out all the tricks like mm-hmm. killing Professor X <laughs> <laughs> like you know bringing him back, back like again. they were like we need to do something <laughs> shit, you can see, shit, you could see in like these 50 out. odd issues like fuck we need to do something to, to get people to read it something so, damn it yeah you can see an entire life of some series played out in well I, th- I think yeah I mean well, I won't go into Superman but <laughs> I said today to Chris, they should have just kept him dead. They should have just left <laughs> Superman dead. Aww. Sorry, a lot of lunchboxes. To I sell, know, man. but that bizarre, the new Bizarro do? story was good. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, you're telling me like Eric Paul and Jeff Johns couldn't have come up with a better comic to work on than than that and Superman? Then not a better Bizarro one. one. <laughs> well, maybe not a better, bizarre, better Bizarro bizarre one. Bizarro story. <laughs> Well, Mr. Note Taker, what Murder. you got over there? Uh, I think next one I want to mention is uh, She-Hulk number twenty-two. I'm sorry, did I, did I pass over? Did no, he just mm. talked about the. Oh, oh always my pick. I yeah, talked about it as much as you did. Sorry. Well, th- I talked about that. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, as much I as you want. Talked about a book I didn't even read. <laughs> yeah. uh, She-Hulk twenty-two. It's the Peter David. He just took over from Dan Slott. Uh and I was really interested in, in seeing what he was going to do, and he. I'll say this about Peter David. When he gets his hands on a Hulk character, whether it's the regular Hulk or She-Hulk, he has no problem shaking things up. Uh, it's a man now, right? <laughs> almost, I think uh, maybe. maybe. I don't know. Don't I'm not know. sure. I'm not sure from that issue. You didn't see genitals. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> what I did take away from... Well, all right. Half spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil stuff. So... Uh, First thing is she's no longer a lawyer. She's now a bounty bounty hunter, uh, and and a florist. No, just a bounty hunter. <laughs> and Judo within I, I'd say within I don't know ten pages, uh, as she's hunting down somebody in in their house, uh, Jen Walters, uh, the absorbing man, sneaks up behind her and breaks her neck and kills Jen Walters. Within the first ten pages, <laughs> yeah. If you could have just seen the look on Tom's face, I think it's the same look that I had on my face at once today. Whatever you told me, it's like snaps her neck. What? Absorbing man just comes up behind her, crack and dead. So the rest of the series is her life flashing well, before her eyes, and then and then it just gets weirder from from that point forward. It ah. just gets even stranger. I don't know. I have it's no not a zombie idea. She-Hulk, is I don't it? know. It could be Scroll. Well, Arthur Soydem covers uh, for the next year of She-Hulk. Well, I don't. I don't want to give away everything, but uh, it, it's. Don't I don't know where it's story. going. I have no idea where that story is going, but I was intrigued by it, and uh, and I was. Uh, I was sort of proud of David, of Peter David, of just going, eh, fuck it, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna change Lawyer, things. Fuck here. it, yeah, no more bounty funny hunter. bounty hunter crack. Courtrooms are killer. boring. She's alive. Fuck it, I'm gonna kill her. <laughs> How many issues of this do I have to do? <laughs> well, I will say one thing. I was when I finished, it, I was like, all right, I gotta pick up the next one. I gotta see yeah. what what the hell's gonna well, happen. I am so. gonna pick it up. Because uh, it, 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 got, in between Moon Knight, X Men First Class, and She Hulk, you guys are killing me. Why? I, uh, because I didn't too much read Marvel. No, oh. I, didn't, I didn't read, didn't read any of those. Oh, proof. Well, you didn't read proof either. I was you're, starting uh, to feel like I was the reading the most comics, see, and you guys have dogged me. You're like, so oh, it was an okay week. You just read the wrong books, no, baby. Yeah. You would have said it was an awesome week. 
If you were paying you attention. You got something else there, co- Cowboy? Yes, I do. <laughs> cowboy? Cowboy? Uh, the, uh, the Green Arrow Year One miniseries wrapped up this past week. Yes, and, uh, yeah, it was good. How do you feel about the modern modernization and that? There weren't any iPods, so I'm cool with it. But there was like the uh, extreme sports shit in the first <laughs> yeah. one. Too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. That's all right. I, I think These extreme that, sports are cool. I, I think this will go down as being a a good yeah. mini. It's it's not going to be Batman Year One. It's it wasn't that groundbreaking. But I tell you what, Jock is a badass. It, it could have been Batman Year One if Batman Year One had never come out. It could have been. You know, that's very, all I'm saying. It's very meta. You know, <laughs> Batman Year One was only so groundbreaking because nothing. Why didn't you write a what if about what I, if maybe what if <laughs> what if Green um, Arrow Year One? I, I think this is a this is a a great series to pick up if you're not a huge Green Arrow fan. I, mean, I, I you don't have to. If you hate Green Arrow, well, no, no I know I, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. you don't have you don't to be a Green Arrow anything. fan to pick. I think it's gonna. I, I I hope this will do well in trades because first of all, I like Andy Diggle's writing. I think this will work better as a trade because there were some miss issues along the way. But I think whenever you read it as a whole, it's gonna it's gonna really? work. As thought, a, I mean, there was only six issues, right? Um, it kind of had the Star Trek thing going on. Uh, I thought like the first and third issues were a little weak, but the then the odd issues seemed to be. Um, I think I was just uh, the even issue. Or, yeah, the the, uh, sorry, the even issue. The Jacques art. Yeah. Jacques. Yeah, but Jacques is. I there are very few artists that that capture moments of explosiveness, like and literally explosions, Kicks like boat. like Jacques does. He just he has, he has he has a great <laughs> he has a great knack for capturing that that one moment, which is so important. In comics, yeah, great obviously. Time, great timing in there. Um, in, in, in some of the scenes, was, and from a graphic design standpoint, his page layouts are freaking gorgeous. Yeah, he's they, awesome. He, he, I like all the year one stuff. I mm-hmm. can't. I, I say keep coming out with them. I mean, even if they're not, I like the idea. Like we were talking a little bit before about like you know trying to introduce these characters that have been around for. 40, 50 years. Give people a story that isn't... That isn't so tied up in all that stuff, and it's like, oh, here's an origin, and interested. it's modern. Yeah, if you're interested, you could pick it up and <laughs> read it. You often hear people say, like, oh, I'm sort of interested in Green Arrow, but where do I where start? Where do I start? And then, right. you, then everyone's like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> you can at least say this if you like Green Arrow. Yeah, check Green it Arrow out. And it gives you enough background in a revamped way that then if you went and started picking up Green Arrow from 10 years ago, it doesn't change so much... Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you still get it. Yeah, you still get it, and there's not a whole lot of uh, you know changes that you wouldn't understand changes. anything. So I, I like the Things. whole year one, and now it's like a brand. I mean, they've. they've I'm really oh, looking for that Teen Titans year one with mm-hmm. Carl. Yeah, Chris that looks yeah, really good. Andy Wolfram, that very, yeah. that three page preview I put on. Very nice. Kershaw's awesome. Kershaw's stuff is hot. Um, <laughs> one he's thing. the new hotness, <laughs> he's even new. though he's Canadian. <laughs> 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 Um, real quick, back to the, back to the art. Just one of the things that that Jock does that really impresses me as a reader and, and as a designer. You know, he'll do things like if something is falling, is falling, he'll he'll break. He'll catch the, it. Oh, well, he'll break the 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 box. You, you don't go it. with the with the straight, you know, like nine grid system. He'll actually put panels will be off kilter. They'll, he'll draw them at an angle and you you can follow things falling through the page. He's just he He's got great timing. He's got fantastic yeah. timing for stuff and, and he, he a, uses it uh he uses it in a way where it, it really lets him uh simplify 
the, the other part. You know, I mean, it lets him simplify his layout a lot because and he uses it so well. It, it's I don't think. I don't think there are, are many sequential artists that design pages as well as John. He's does. he's God. He's he's a stud. He's, he's a God. He's, like God. he's in the pantheon. A one named God. Just like God Jock. only has one name. He's so, yeah. So when this when this comes out as a trade, if you haven't read Green Arrow uh, Year One, if you're I, curious. Yes, I, if you're I, I suggest it. Curious. Curious. I suggest you try. Men it. in green tights. Yeah, and you'll maybe learn if you're ever. Uh, um, shipwrecked on a desert island, you may learn a couple tricks on how. Not to hard, and... not hard to become a master. Oh, archer. speaking of that, you know, I did want to bring up a point. Uh, someone left a comment on our website about our obvious, uh, complete uh, stupidity when it comes to Survivor Man. Oh, uh, apparently yeah. Survivor Man, there is no cameraman with he, Survivor it was Man. It's the he, other show that just got in trouble for, for it. Too. <laughs> yeah, we got our show switched around, so yeah, so, we got that wrong. Uh, somebody mentioned that to us. We're douchebags. Uh, oh, and yeah. another one, uh, which I thought was a great point, and survive and, one and week and in my loneliness. <laughs> <laughs> and I always forget this too. Whenever we were talking about horror movies, because I always think of it as a sci-fi <clears> movie and not in the horror genre. Somebody brought up uh, whenever we were talking about great horror movies last week, uh, Alien. Which is yeah, the first awesome, one certainly awesome horror certainly movie. A yeah. horror It's just sci-fi movie, yeah. horror. Sure, sure. fantastic. So, yeah, so the Does forum calling us out on. Shit. Does anyone have any other books there? I oh, yeah. have a couple oh, yeah. more. Oh, I, I go got for it, you have one on top of yours. On. That I want to mention too. Let's 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 team let's up. Duo on, on that one. Let's go. Double uh, team. I, it. I picked up uh, Tales Join of the Sinestro Corps. Yeah. For form of <laughs> form of talking. <laughs> form of a bucket of beer. Bucket. Yeah. Edit that out. No, I'm kidding. Um, I picked up Tales Speaking of the Sinestro Corps uh, Superman Prime. Uh, I had told myself I wasn't going to get any of these. Because they've sucked. Because they've sort of sucked. But it was written by Jeff Johns. So I was like, uh, well, if the guy can't. who's writing the main series is writing it, at least means that, like... It's got a shot at not sucking. It's got a shot at not sucking. <laughs> it has Pete Wood's art and Jerry Ordway art in it. I picked it up, and it didn't suck. I was I wouldn't say it was like the greatest book ever, but I was surprised by how how this was a complete opportunity for perhaps one of the worst <laughs> books. And uh, I do enjoy it. Uh, and uh, John's walked a pretty fine line in this issue of uh, pretty much pointing out the fact that um, Superboy Prime is just a pissed off fanboy. At <laughs> <laughs> that part where he's like, Aquaman doesn't have a sword. Yeah, what, is, what are you doing with a sword, Pam? <laughs> yeah, like fighting him because he likes the way. Things used to be. Uh-huh. As to, yeah, I love. I love the. Uh, I hope. Uh, I hope a lot of fanboys caught that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think a lot I love of the, the Alan Scott quote. He goes, uh, "I'm sure he was getting tired of listening to you whine anyway." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the that's the point though. Is when you see people like, "I hate Super Superboy Prime." I, you're supposed to, and I think Jeff Chant is really making him like. So annoying and so hateable that when he eventually receives his comeuppance, people will be Cheering. excited about it. Because I, um, you know, Superboy Prime comes from a universe where the DC universe is fictional, and right. he read the comic books when he was a kid. <laughs> so he gets brought in. He's like Superman. He gets there, and everyone dicks him over, and he, you know, he's trapped somewhere. So it he is gets out quite and no possibly gives a shit about him. The most ridiculous origin ever. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, because they do. <laughs> Jer- Jerry Ordway, yeah, where he's like, <laughs> his parents adopt him and they find him in a forest, but he doesn't know that, and they name him Clark because they think it's Mother's kind of Mother's yeah. name Clark yeah. Kent. Yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's it's very it's a very silly origin. And um, Come to find out later that he's actually not human. He was 
teleported? Yeah, his parents uh, sent him to Earth before their Krypton blew up. Oh. So he is Kryptonian. So he's just a pissed off fanboy who just won't, you know, he's angry because Aquaman's got his sword. Aquaman doesn't have a fucking sword. Like the the scenes are like, is he crying? Yeah. Why is he crying? <laughs> <laughs> You'd cry too. It's like, oh yeah. my god, what happened? Is he crying? You'd cry too. <laughs> it, was, it walked a very fine line between being <laughs> utterly ridiculous, but still serving enough of a story purpose that it wasn't just like a parody. Like, you can read <laughs> yeah. into a lot of, you know, the... And there's parts of it, too, where it's kind of like, you can't... Sometimes you can't tell necessarily with the narration what part's Jeff Johns and what part is Superboy Prime, like, at the beginning, where he's like... Uh, what was it? I was like, wait, who is this? Is this the writer? This universe was better when I was a kid. Way better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because even in in that part, you're almost like, is he commenting uh, commenting on how things... Whose narration is this? But then he beats the shit out (laughs) of himself. I could see how some people wouldn't like it, because it's a little little clever for itself, and a little tongue-in-cheek, but still being... But I thought, for what it was, and I didn't... You know, the last two tie-ins, which I'd sort of looked at, I thought looked pretty bad. This was actually pretty they fun tie-in to the stories. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm going to mention uh, a book. Uh, well, that would be good. <laughs> the book that is 22 pages long. Gonna, uh, Saddle Staples, and it comes out from a publisher go, by the uh, name of... <laughs> <laughs> With uh, the, the the sword issue number one by the uh, Luna Brothers, oh, uh, this is yes. their new series. The guys yeah. who did Girls and uh, I can't think of their other um, Ultra. Ultra, yeah, that was the other one. And uh, this uh, was the first issue. It's a completely new story and everything from them. And and um, it with all the stuff that they do, their 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 stories are like some of the least sort of comic book. E stories. I mean, a lot of their stuff has sort of sci-fi, but they, they all have a certain feel to it where it's, and it's partially because of the art, but it's like Gentle. it's like a reality, but then something's off kilter. Just something is not quite right, and you're never sure what could happen or could. It, it, they really remind me of like M Night Shyamalan movies. Where everything's real, but then you know at any point something really weird could happen. Is there some, uh, is there some really easy way to spoil the book for everyone? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I could, uh, <laughs> basically, it, it's really, the, the first issue is really simple. Uh, I just liked how it ended. But uh, it, it basically, it's about a girl uh, who was in a car accident. Um, she's been paralyzed. Uh, she can't walk any longer, and, and she's living at home still. Her older sister's moved away, going to college, blah, blah, blah. She's living with her mom and her dad. And uh, and that's just sort of the beginning. You just sort of normal. Get, yeah, it was pretty normal. What's the twist? Uh, one day, uh, all of a sudden, out of the blue, while they're all sitting around eating dinner, uh, these two guys show up and they start demanding, or three three characters show up, and they start demanding from the father that he gives them the sword. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just a give me the yeah, sword. Yeah. They're like, he's like, what are you? Bad guys ask me that too. <laughs> And they start threatening him and and uh, torturing the family and all this stuff. And he's adamant about he doesn't know what they're talking about. And so you don't know really what's going on if if they are you know mistaking him for somebody else and everything. And then at the end uh, you find out. But I don't want to spoil it. But uh, but His it was arm just, was made out of a sword. No no. <laughs> uh, but like I said, it's just I, I I love their stuff because it is always you're never quite sure what direction it's going to go in. It's always on kind of the, uneven. Yeah, yeah and and. Um, they always just seem like I said. 
they have such a different feel than a lot of comics where uh, part fantasy almost like you know uh, mythological tales and and they tell really kind of small stories, but they feel way bigger. What What are the odds of like a unicorn showing up, just like in this through, book, walking through a scene? I would say in this one, in breaking the fourth wall, and looking at you, fourteen and a half. Like to an, one, an like maybe. an animal. I don't know. Man. All of a sudden, the unicorn <laughs> looks at you. Why are you Possible, looking at my horrible. Why are you reading this story? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I really enjoyed it though, and, and their their art's really good. Um, uh, very simplistic sort of style and, and good coloring, and uh, and that was it. So the sword number one, I thought it was cool. cool. Well, that's you know talking about unpredictability. I'll, uh, my next book is uh, one that had heaps of predictability, but I still enjoyed it. Heaps, heaps of predictability. Heaps. Oh, and that is uh, uh, Gotham Underground number one oh, came out this week. I really wanted to like that. And it, it's Frank Tier. And Jim Caltiori. Sorry. Always And and we talked about it today. Yeah. It is a book that could have been awesome. really freaking awesome. Could have been really good if it was like a a Max title book from from been, yeah. Because yeah, awesome. it really should be with Gotham Underground a Vertigo book. I I want and have wanted a book that is done from the perspective of the Batman rogues for a really long time. I yeah. think that could be. And that's what this basically is, kind of. But not Almost. really. Well, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. guys can't seem like you can make up your mind here. I don't know. And I and I don't want to hear. I don't. I don't want to hear what. You know, I don't want to have it come out like I'm panning this book because I enjoyed it. But it's yeah. it's, it's Batman. And this could have been any Batman book in the last you know five years. This could be Batman number you know six seventy. And of starting a new arc, there's really nothing different about it. <laughs> I was thinking about what was what is six seventy out yet? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just uh, Batman's in it, it right? It, Batman? No, well, actually, he's not. Uh, matches Malone. Matches Malone. But you have right. you know the other yeah, basic okay. uh, bat <laughs> you've, you've got Alfred. You've got Nightwing, uh, Commissioner Gordon, and then you've got a bunch of the Bat Rogues. Uh, if you're reading Checkmate right now or reading um, Suicide Squad, this it ties into all that. Yeah. So what? It in fact could be six seven. Oh okay. okay. <laughs> it has not come out yet. Wow, you're like scary. Well, that was the, there, the, there were two things about it. I, I enjoyed it. It was okay, but there were two things about it that I kept thinking about. One was wow, it could have been so much better. Yep. Uh, and two, it was like, well, why did they have to start up a whole new book for this? Because <laughs> it's the number one issue, yeah. and it well, will yeah, sell it, it, like 70,000 copies. It could have been any any arc in any Batman title. Um, and it was fine, but it could have been really... I, I thought the original... It seemed like the original concept of it was, you know, looking at the sort of street-level crime scene of Gotham City, which is a cool concept, it just doesn't work when it's like, golly gee whiz, uh, Batman, you know? I mean, Do you well, think I it's partly because, I mean, it would be a great idea to have a book about the Batman rogues that really, you wouldn't need Batman in it necessarily to be good, but because Batman could be in it, who would publish one that is really hard? Uh, cool. Yeah, like, yeah, you I could know. put Batman in it and guarantee X number of sales, right, right. or you oh, could... Oh, no, I yeah. understand the, the reason. Yeah, I'm just saying... I'm just like, as per, on a personal level, it's like... I wish That's why could. I don't think it's ever no, really it, it going to It's too tempting. Warner Brothers is never going to allow Batman to be in well, a... Well, it's like the Dio's... But even, even if you He's look, on record as saying that Batman will never be in a Vertigo book. Right. Yeah. And well, that's what I mean. That's the shame of it, is that this book, if it was done, like I said, a, like a Punisher Max style or a Vertigo style, where it was basically rated R, and it dealt with the criminal underground of Gotham City... 
Penguin, could be really cool. Penguin can drop some F-bombs. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, just, kidding, just a couple here and Maybe, there. Yeah. F you. Uh, <laughs> Fuck you, Batman. No, just, I, I, I think just the overall feel of it. I mean, because it's Batman on the book, it's always got to have a certain, I don't want to say squeaky clean, but it has to have a certain level it's of... It's got to be bad. <laughs> it's got to be a bad. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like there's only so much, only so far they're going to push anything. And uh, Now, if you are reading Suicide Squad right now, which has been good, um, you may be interested in this because this is tying into some stuff that's going on with Suicide uh, yeah. Squad. Yeah, Salvation and Run fifth, miniseries. And, uh, that'll be countdown, yeah. it's tying in with Yeah, because there, so. there are, I haven't been reading, when is Salvation Run coming out? A couple of December. Okay, because there are villains that are disappearing, yes. apparently. They've been rounding up the villains. Yeah. Okay. Right. And well, sending them someplace else. This, this, this far away, <laughs> another dimension, way the hell away. It's gonna the, be good. This ties into that. So if you're in Salvation Run or Suicide Squad, that kind of stuff could be a good tie-in. Um, I'm gonna give it a couple issues. It's one of nine. Yeah, like I said, so it wasn't bad. I was, but just, it could have been so time. much better. I just kept going. John, Damn, it could have been really good. You. It could have well, been really, really. No, good. not at all. I, two <laughs> things. Well, it reminded me of uh, Gotham Knights. <clears throat> what Gotham Knights became under A.J. Lieberman because okay, that really yep. became the Batman villain book. But also. Your R-rated Gotham wasn't Gotham Central kind of the R-rated Gotham. Nah, didn't well, go far enough. But it, for it? it, it was, it was a cop enough. story. More we brought, so yeah, we brought like what up. I wanted. You to had see. you had the Joker as a sniper. Yeah. You know, like had, I mean, it's like that's as cold as I agree. It's not. I still just yeah. don't think they pushed it far. Enough. No, Do- I understand. Doctor Freeze was like freezing cops and then crashing them into. Yeah, I mean that was that was cool. That 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 pushed that pushed it to the upper end of the PG-13. It didn't go. It didn't have colorful language, John. No, it could. I w- I'd no, rather see Gotham points. Central yeah. as like the Shield, yeah, as opposed to NYPD Blue, yeah, or uh, uh, right. the Wire, CSI, yeah, right. the Wire. Well, the Wire is pretty yeah. hard. The Wire is what we want to see, and and I think Gotham Central kind of went to the Shield, where we really no went. Shields. Shields, there's no question the Shield's an R rated. Oh, yeah. yeah there's of course no question. Yeah, the only thing yeah, I mean, the Shield is the F- <laughs> throwing an F bomb in nudity, yeah. and that's yeah. it. I thought well, well, Gotham God yeah. Central dealt with some pretty hardcore stuff. Well, I thought so too, but I understand what you're saying. You're I think right. it's, Vertigo, be, it's not going to happen. No, it would just no. be. And you know that. Yeah. Well, I no, mean, I it's, it'd be nice. I, I think, fan fiction. There's always fan fiction. Sure. A lot of comic fans. Because I've always wanted. sing about it in Filking? I've always wanted a book just about the Flash Rogues. But you don't necessarily, like, I would love to see a book about the Batman rogues that didn't necessarily have to have Batman, Batman, Batman in involved right, in it, right. you know. But you know that's well. I think that like this book is kind of like that. that. Yeah. Batman, like he's on the he's, cover, big and, big and bold. Yeah, oh, the yeah. Batman the families, and you know, it's like, in there. It's, it's a, but it's not like it's a. This isn't necessarily. I just like seeing be a villains book. interact with each other, but because they're not the selling points, right. you're gonna who's gonna justify you know. We're putting out this Flash Rogues book. But they could do it Put in out a small Flash Rogues book. Flash like Rogues. Jeff Johns, are you listening? Did you like when uh, they were doing that? Yeah, I think Jeff Johns listens. Tried to do that. <laughs> <He's> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Johns has to listen to our show because the last book, the last six months of DC books have been written every yeah, yeah, yeah. wanted. So I, I don't and know. It, yeah. I really wish there was a Booster Gold them. book where uh, Wally and Barry show up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bam! It's like it's like magic. Please, here it is. Please. All right, that'll take care of uh, some of our general comic talk of what we've been uh, reading for the last week. But we got some uh, comic some, some comic book happenings in the in the world. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about uh, Zuda.com, the 
the DC webcomic. Sal has a problem with the names of the, <laughs> <laughs> of the strips. No, I didn't have a problem necessarily. Like Zuda wasn't corny enough for you? Just when I read them, I thought they were kind of funny that they all seem to have... They got you hooked, though, man. Well, you, know them. It, you know them all, don't you? It's like, well, that was the thing that... Okay, here, I'll read the names. Here, first here's of all, the first k- kudos for, for DC for branching out into webcomics. Right, yeah, I, I actually was one of, the fruit, like, like one of the few people that when they announced that whole thing, there were so many people online that were just like, oh, yeah, you know, about bitching and moaning. I'm like... I think it's a good thing that they're trying to get people exposure to webcomics. They can bring way more exposure to a webcomic than anybody on their own could do. On their own, sure. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? So that, it's like, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about our Monday show now is our reports from Jeremy Mullins. Oh, that fucking piece of shit. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> it's great. No, no, no it's it, it, informative it, part. It, it, it <laughs> is. Yeah, it yeah. is. Jeremy does a great <laughs> job. He knows his... Content. Yeah, it's content. I yeah. love that last... last <laughs> or Not last one, but the one before that. Uh, hey, everyone. Look forward to me uh, recording of me in the closet that you heard on my, <laughs> in my storage room. And, but and, anyway, but I'm, it, I'm looking right. forward to the uh, bathtub of baked beans that you'll be recording <laughs> yeah. from. Back Sorry, to Zuda. Zuda. Here are the names of the first ten contestants. And this has nothing to do with, I don't know the quality of any of these or anything. I just thought the names were kind of funny. Alpha Monkey. Uh, the This American Strife. Good. Not so good. Battlefield Babysitter. Awesome. Black Swan. Okay. Dead in the Now. Eh. The Dead Seas. Eh. The Enders. Eh. High Moon. I like Lois better. Raining Cats and Dogs. And yeah. my personal favorite, Lepronomicon. That is awesome. Lepronomicon? Lepronomicon. Nice. Uh, I like that. But it was to me it was like funny, it was like, well, are they just, you know, like, are they picking names that actually make any sense with the book? Or are they just like picking names? Well, you have to think that it's, kinda it's makes a different sense, mentality than per, like selling print, an issue yeah. of a book because you're doing sort you're sort of I see them sort of as how the comic strips and newspapers have sort of fallen upon, you know... I remember when I was a kid, I used to read those religiously, and a lot of you know the a lot funnies, of people, and sort of the readership sort of dropped sure. on them. And this, I think, is sort of the inheritor of that sort of method, you know, where like the names of stuff it just has to be memorable, right? You know, right. more or less, it doesn't have to be descriptive oh, necessarily. Yeah. I mean, like Hagar was horrible. The Lockhorns did it. Lockhorns got up, and Marmaduke was named Marmaduke. But uh, it's, I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of different from like a monthly series because you. I know some people put their their web comics out like you know once a week, sometimes twice a week. You got right. you, you you have you a faster have turnaround. You need to and there's get so many people to there. remember. No, no, I, yeah. I know I you don't the, have a problem with it. The other thing that they Names did announce funny. that they they had one instant winner because I guess the whole thing with Zuda is it's almost like uh, it's a contest. It's like a talent, you search. know, you have these ten. Yeah, it's a talent search, and they're going to give one year contracts to however many whoever win. But then they had like the instant winner already. They named one comic was already instant. They instantly gave, and I can't. I I didn't write it down, unfortunately. But uh, you can find it on like Newsarama or whatever. Yeah, but but it looked really. The art was phenomenal in it. It looked really cool. Uh, the instant winner, so I'll be interested to see what what that's all about. But um, was it a humor strip or was it an? No, it looked strip? more like a fantasy adventure okay. kind of thing. It was really cool. Look, I mean, like I said, I did, there wasn't much to read on it or anything, but just the the couple of panels that I saw of it, it was it was very pretty well, I think looking the, stuff. And I think the cool thing about um, web comics, especially, is I think where you hear a lot of people sort of complain maybe that the availability of a lot of different genres in your monthly books that you pick up at your comic book store isn't necessarily as wide as, they as some prefer, people would like. Yeah. Web comics is sort of 
Everywhere. Wild West of, you know, yeah, like anything you can find. So, I mean, I, I know a lot, of, you know, me personally, you know, like the, you know, your week, your month, your books that come out, you know, once a month. You know, there's a lot of superheroes, and then there's a mix of everything else. Web comics, you there's everything. Right, you can anything, find you, anything you want. Yeah. Did you guys so. read uh, Steve Conley's Astounding Space Thrills back in like you know the early 2000s when that was? Uh, no, that was a great adventure strip, and I mean, and it went on for. He had several stories, and they were as long as any adventure strip and stuff. And there's well, there's I, really great stuff I, out I, there I think, for, and as you mm-hmm. say, every genre. It's I, John Sontras. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're at a point where. At, at one point, web comics were not not all of them, but I think a lot of them were were viewed as a, a gateway for people to get into comic books. So doing comic books, sure. that's why they're making web comics was to get their stuff out there. Sure. Where now I think there are a lot of web comics that are out there for web comics' sake. You know, it's like the, the, a lot of a lot of people that do web comics. That's what they want to well, do. Well, yeah, right. and they've, I think they're able to then you know merchandise their characters in ways that you know anybody selling ad any, space. Exa- well, and selling ad space, sure. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's interesting that that panel that I ran on Newsarama, uh, Kazu Kabuishi talked about web comic guys that he knows that literally are making a decent living just yeah. from not only their web comic but the merchandising they do because of it and everything. Sure. So Good that's pretty them. cool. Yeah. And selling. You know, sell, sell commission. You know, selling prints and stuff yeah. like that of their mm-hmm. uh, of their strips. And so. good and good for DC for for you know. Uh, say, well, a lot of people I, I, attack I DC about it because it's like, oh, they're just gonna steal. The man is They're gonna steal the you know the, the man has the money the rights to it, and <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, yeah, but for these people contract, may never you may ne- never even have heard of. Leprechaunomicon, <laughs> if not for Zudaconics, you know what I mean. So it's like, well, it's that's worth something. They're gonna put, hey man, they're the power of their marketing behind uh, these guys' comics, and it's like that's worth something. Now, what the contract reads or how it all pans out, I don't know. But you gotta know that going into it, read your deal and and know what you're signing before you you sign off on right. it. You know, I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's an opportunity to make money now. I think that's great, and I yeah. think any any entrepreneur that has done any type of venture on the internet would say, sure, well, I'll, I'll take a look at yeah. that contract, absolutely. Right. Yeah. One other comic book note, I just wanted to, on a personal level, um, uh, Captain Marvel is returning soon, the, the new series, Captain Marvel, number Marvel. one, Marvel. Grown. Is it like Prison out. Break? And I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to offer my uh, condolences to Brian Reed. Who I think is a fantastic. Yeah, he's just going to get killed. And guys, give the guy a break. He's a really talented writer, uh, and it's not necessarily his fault that Marvel decided to bring Captain Marvel back. I don't know that it was his idea to do it. (laughs) I don't know that he was. Be kind. Be kind to Brian. He's a really good writer, and give it a shot. Yeah, give it a chance because he. Read, Miss, read, Mar- Miss Marvel. Read Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is a fantastic well, comic yeah, book. I think so. And and so. he's a he's a really good writer. So I just want to, I just know he's gonna get people are gonna hammer him just without probably even reading the damn thing. And, <laughs> you know what hey I mean? man, first issue is important. Look at Booster Gold. Mm-hmm. And Booster yeah. Gold could have fallen on its face with issue one, yeah. and it didn't. Yeah, but this so. is this is kind of a sacred cow, and they're 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 there are people still pissed about it. Yeah. Oh, I understand. Bri- Brian Reed's gonna be calling up Will Pfeiffer and say, Will, tell me about Amazon's attack. <laughs> <laughs> Resources had a had a column today about uh, you know uh, urban urban legends revolving around uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and they basically brought up the whole Marv Wolfman backdoor of Barry Allen being able to yeah. still be around even though he mm-hmm. died in the crisis. And as an as an aside, the guy says, which essentially is what Marvel has done with Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's the same trick. They it were really is. Pull, yeah. And and actually, I think I'm willing to walk down the road with them with this concept because. 
that's fine. I mean, it is it is time travel. You can do something. I think that's like the this. trick they're going to use to bring so, Captain America back because they've already announced well, that series where Cap and the Invaders right. come back from the past. They're going to make him the new man out of time all over again, which I think is a great idea. Yeah. But that, that might that could happen, and that might be interesting. Maybe I, mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's just you know. Well, theory. but doesn't that's what happens? Doesn't to man. that technically cancel out everything that happened in the past if he is coming back from the past to be in the future? You can write time travel any way you want, you really. Yeah, I mean, well, that's him on a cosmic treadmill, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to throw out a little something for Brian Reed because I really like his stuff, and I, <laughs> I, I just know that he's. I mean, it's just I, like I, I think it's gonna be fifty-fifty. I really do. I think well, it'll, I think it, Captain it Marvel fans 50, will give it a shot, I and think I think it, some of them will like it, and some of them will hate it. Yeah, we'll see. And now it probably it's going to come out well, and be I mean, horrible. I, it's Brian t- Reed will stab me in the back for <laughs> trying to. Trying to well, I mean, it's tough because up. you're talking about a character that was more popular after he was dead than he was when he was alive. Oh, I don't know. During the Starlin run, man, and you go back to those years. Yeah, they, he was. He was, he was dying, dead. though. Well, there's no, a reason why he killed characters. Yeah, I mean, I think he had reached his a point of uselessness. By the time they did that, but there was an earlier time when you put him right up there with Adam Warlock and all the other cosmic books. I think Captain Marvel was a great. What, book. Was he more popular than Warlock? Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah, they Fuck struggled. Yeah. Well, no, but they struggled more with I think getting a consistent bitch. Adam Warlock book <laughs> than they did with Captain Marvel. Yeah. Because uh, if you haven't read Star Wars Warlock, it it is it oh, is an cool. awesome yeah. awesome run. That's of a comic. messed up. Uh, that's a messed up story. I mean, that's a great concept for a book. Oh I mean, yeah. The way he. Talk about time travel. I mean, that was really interesting how he for used for, for the for that time in comics. That is an important work that Starlin did on Warlock. I mean, that is oh, that it, is a great was, run. On it was comics. the next step in Marvel's evolution in terms of the cosmic stuff that right, started yeah. with Kirby. These were the children yeah, of Kirby that absolutely. really you know got the absolutely. First you know, I if I may, Phil Hester was on uh, Word Balloon, and mm-hmm. it will be out by the time this is aired. Oh, um, really? If I may. Ding. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Ding. Sorry. But no, the, uh, Starlin came up. That and will be Phil, $200. Well, we could, <laughs> 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 we'll send you an invoice. I know. All right. Yeah, exactly. God. Well, anyway. You guys are talking about Starlin? <laughs> well, yeah, well we were talk- I was talking about Hester writing, because he's writing all these books now and stuff. And, I, and, and also, I mentioned, obviously, that Andy Parks does the same. And he said, you know, Andy and I had the discussion that we took a guy like Jim Starlin, who was so popular for so many years, but had this stretch of about seven or eight years where he just couldn't find work as an artist. So he luckily was this great writer that was still able to work during that dark time. Now he's back. I mean, yeah. you look at, you know, Death of the New Gods and even Mystery in Space. My God, Looked the guy's, out, yeah, it it's awesome. fantastic. Exactly. And it's nice to see because, and Phil's kind of attributed to something that happens to all artists where it happened to Frazetta. Frazetta during sure. the 60s couldn't get comic book work. He was doing uh, a little Abner and... Well, after the, yeah, after uh, that point. Everything's like an ebb and flow with everything where you just... Mm-hmm. Your ebb doesn't match their flow. The, yeah, 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 the, yeah. the market. But then I guess he says, luckily, hopefully you are recognized for your signature style and people mm-hmm. miss that and they and rediscover your back, art. Yeah. And then it's yeah, I mean, again. Death of the New so. God, Starlin stuff, looked, his art was awesome. Yeah, it was. Well, absolutely. No, it's... And you... Seeing Starlin at a at a convention, do you get the feeling that he carries a switchblade? Oh, he's hilarious! I don't think he needs no, one. Good, I don't <laughs> think he needs one. You know, he's actually I, I got Bare to talk hand. to him in in Chicago. Oming introduced mm-hmm. me to him, which was awesome, and and we got a, had this wonderful conversation. Really sweet guy, and yeah, I'll be talking to him very soon. He just looks like he'll kick your ass. I like Starlin. He's, he's I very, did I tell you my Starlin story? He's, he's, he's very relaxed. He's very casual. 
Oh, yeah, the guy you thought was drowning who wasn't. We'll save that for a confession. All right. Is it Jim? No. no. <laughs> he thought it was Jim? He no, no. Get we'll, get that, we'll get to that someday. I'll tell that story. Yeah. My yeah. embarrassment. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's all the comic book uh, really news I or I want to mention a movie I watched this week. Okay. Finally. I finally watched uh, the original Get Carter with Michael Caine. Ah, yes. And it was quite good. Oh, I, you know what I liked about it the most was... Um, there's a tendency in crime movies to sort of make um, everyone in crime look really awesome and Glorifying. for them to be doing awesome stuff all the time <clears throat> and that movie doesn't do that at all <laughs> where like they're sitting in one watching like still photographs of porn you know and like one of the guys just runs like an arcade and like he bangs kind of like an ugly chick at one point <laughs> it's just like it's like these whoa this is like nice. a crime movie where it's these are it, no, the ugly people are actually yeah. ugly people <laughs> yeah like the well, ugly people are ugly yeah it's, it's no like George the Sweeney Clooney. I mean it's another it's, it's in that vein yeah. of the Sweeney and that's the Sweeney a, fantastic 70s British oh, cop see, show oh we're all gonna bring it back uh, British well, no, TV I, yeah. no but honestly no, no, no I'll, gotta, I'll name another British crime film that was 10 years after Get Carter and that's uh, The Long Good mm. Friday Bob Hoskins first film of note and really? I mean you know, and Helen Mirren is his gun mall. I mean, this is this excellent crime movie. That's it's it's very much the British Scarface. Well, it really the, is. The, it's a, it's a great film. The cool thing about uh, uh, not just like how the people were unattractive at times, but like uh, Newcastle is grim, and uh, they'd show it as being sort of a shithole, <laughs> and you know, it's all and it's nothing. It's not like cool like. Uh, Gotham City. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it's not like oh, drug dealing. It's, it's like, like porn. It's like, <laughs> it's like turning out young girls to porn. You know, it's, it's are, not uh, like Figgis. I'm trying to remember the director. Mike name. something. It is Mike. Yeah. No, nobody was, does ugly criminals like the British. Well, it, this is the same director who did Croupier, uh, oh. which was Clive Owen's first, mm-hmm. you know, great movie. And the guy continues to make great crime movies. So, well, it's you know. Uh, the other thing that really impressed me was a couple times in the film where you see Michael Caine like intimidating someone, and they don't switch perspectives. They just show Michael Caine's back, and they show the person reacting to Michael Caine, and it's sort of more frightening that way because Michael Caine's like a fucking... A- he's a lunatic, <laughs> you know? Like, he's not, like, a good guy, he's you know? Like, he's in... Yeah, yeah, he's there for revenge, and he sort of, like, tears everything apart, but he's not some, like... Uh, He's not, not a criminal with a heart of gold, you know. Like no. he, yeah, he's sort of a he's cruel. A he man. fucks over people that I help love him. Well, he, I remember, like, yeah. I remember, like I watched. I didn't. I didn't even know there was an original win the Stallone remake. Yeah. Came right. Out, and I right. watched that, and, uh, whatever. Was and it, then I found was out it Stallone or Travolta. Yeah, yeah it was no, Stallone. Stallone. It was Stallone. Stallone. And, uh, and then I went. Yeah. And oh, get I, Carter. I, I rented oh, the thing original. Get shorty. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this is this is a lot different. <laughs> this is yeah. a different kind of Much criminal. Hardcore, hardcore. Well, yeah, absolutely. And and Kane is. Uh, yeah, he's just not a nice guy in any fashion. What am I, I mean, he's one of my favorite Michael Caine brutal. movies, and it's a dark comedy called A Shock to the System. Really interesting. I, you know, I have that, because you, you recommended it to me, and I got it, but I haven't watched it. Either. 1980s, corporate ladder, kind of guy past his prime, and uh, pretty much uh, through an accident comes to the realization that the best way for him to improve his life is to uh, kill people in his way. I think that would work. (laughs) It's it's a really good dark comedy. There's a great Michael Caine comic book movie. Remember the hand, where he's he's a cartoonist who is doing this Conan kind of comic strip. 
Wasn't and uh, even, I mean, there's even a comic book convention, or rather, not a comic book convention, but he is speaking to like a college audience about his isn't work. Isn't that uh, the the one? Is that the film that uh, um, Daredevil? Uh, 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 Which Daredevil? The Daredevil artist, um, Frank Miller. No, no, no. Before that, uh, oh, Colin. Colin, didn't he do the artwork in that? Oh, he might have done the storyboards uh, for the hands. Well, he, he no, not I think no, he was the art, the, the actual oh, he the artist. Actual yeah, he, he was the he artist. Was the actual, yeah, that was that was actually his hand. I believe that's the film. I have one last thing about Get Carter that mm, I definitely please. want to fit in is that Brit Brit Eklund gets like a major uh, billing in it. She's in the movie for. Probably three and a half minutes, but two and a half minutes of it is her having phone sex with Michael Caine. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then it's like so, you see the credits Academy roll. Award. You see the credits roll, and you're like, "Oh yeah." It's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like it's like Animal House was a you know quote unquote Donald Sutherland movie. Yeah, yeah, but I think yeah. he had more screen time than Britt Eklund. And yeah, Britt Eklund was yeah. in the one scene at the beginning where uh, they're watching the porno stills, and then one scene later where Michael Caine's on the phone, like in the in the in like this shitty bed and breakfast, just like take your bra off, and, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's like, it, and that's all she does in the movie. It's like the Lee Marvin, it's like the Lee Billing with Michael Caine. <laughs> the Lee Marvin film, Point Blank. Uh, there's this gratu- literally gratuitous. Na- nudity scene with uh, Angie Dickinson and just she gets out of bed and she just starts getting dressed and she's naked and it's like oh look she's naked okay <laughs> and that was it it was like alright fine there's Angie Dickinson naked yeah. right, here, here's <laughs> your and check and back in the, like 1967 when she was still you know really hot yeah, yeah here's your check thanks <laughs> so that was kind of okay. cool but The Hand is a great film and it uh is Michael they, Caine naked in it? No, but uh, Roger Rabbit, the guy who played... Uh, uh, sweet uh, No, the guy who played the voice of Roger Rabbit. Oh, the um, I was going to say, we're... Killer, Killer Carvelli from uh, yeah, Walking Back Cotter. You know, it's, all, it's all the Roger Rabbit. His last name is, his yeah, last name is Fleischer, and I forget what his first name is. It all comes back to Bob well, anyway, Hoskins. It does. <laughs> he takes over the comic strip, and he's writing this Conan kind of character thinking. And he's like, he doesn't think. What's wrong with you? Krongo doesn't think. All he does is he does what he does. And that's it. And he gets really pissed off. Well, he loses because he, he lost his hand in an accident. And the hand comes back and it's attacking people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, but it has Maybe this that whole, wasn't the one. It might have been the one that Gene Cullen was... Uh, it has this whole comic book background to it. And it's amazing. And Dan Brennan reminded me. He's like, you know, that's a comic book movie. And I'm like, oh my god, you're right. It is a comic no. book movie. So... Another great uh, Michael Caine. Like the monkey's paw. Uh, I did pass over one bit of comic book uh, news this week. Uh, Michael Caine. No, Jerry Robinson. He's writing a, book a man who. who <laughs> <laughs> Brett Eklund. Michael Caine. Uh, creative consultant at DC, which I found interesting that DC uh, sort of brought Jerry Robinson out of the archives. Jerry Robinson, the uh, um, <clears throat> creator of <throat> The Joker. Robin, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Alfred. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. just thought it was interesting yeah. that they. I mean, it seemed. It just seemed like an odd story. I mean, nothing against Jerry Robinson, obviously, but I mean, he's an old. Well, he's eighty-five years old. Eighty-five year old guy yeah. that they. I went to work for and, Bob Kane in thirty-nine, and we were talking like maybe it's a way for them to sort of pay the, pay him tribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I, but I bet we'll but, see some essays in the front of some Batman books. I know uh, Bob Greenberg is uh, working on a new Batman encyclopedia. And so maybe there is a reason mm-hmm. to have uh, Jerry Robinson. I, I, I'm just pretty interested to no, see absolutely. what they are. I mean, I, th- I, I think either way, I think it's, uh, either yeah. way, it's like it's cool to me. It's like whatever they're doing, whether it's just they're trying to give him a little tribute or they're actually wanting to use his you know knowledge and wisdom. Either way, that's 
pretty cool of DC to, to take a guy like that. And, oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think that's awesome. I mean, Have you heard him speak yet? He's, he's, I don't know if you guys saw him speak in New York, if you had the opportunity. I've, no, I've heard he's still just sharp as well, a that, sharp as attack. Yeah, I mean, it's like Eisner. I mean, he's, yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. So he's he actually, I bet, has a lot to contribute. That's and awesome. Is, is a brilliant man and is a guy, the guy responsible, if you'll remember. One architect of the, guys, of the DCU. Well, but one of them, and uh, I'd say was responsible for get help. One of the guys responsible for getting Siegel and Schuster their money back but, in the day as well. Oh. So, I mean, that's, and he's had a wonderful career, yeah. but it's nice that they acknowledge him for you know in this capacity. I bet that's really, I, I, yeah. I like is. I said, I mean, either way, whatever it is, I mean, even if it's just a, a sort of uh, uh, tri- tribute kind of thing, either way, I mean, I think it's great that they're doing Anyone it. Anyone on the payroll? I mean, there are a lot of guys like that that you know, as fans, we maybe have never even heard of or don't know their you know history of what they've done for the industry and how they paved the way. And it's like it's cool to to think that. This you know the publishers are going to recognize that and in, in either use them in some capacity or at least you know give them some sort of uh, do do yeah. Well, I also think it with the Dark Knight film coming out. I remember guys even like Chuck Dixon who made money from uh, the first uh, Bat- Bat- Batman mm-hmm. Begins. They got checks yeah. for it. Oh, really? Really? for concepts and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Was which it? surprised yeah, me. So I bet yeah. this is going to allow them to compensate Jerry Robinson for obviously for creating the Joker. Wow. So I bet there's another way. Well, you know, I think a lot in of your that, discussion, that's something. I think a lot of that comes so. down to the fact that I think Paul Levitz is really big into yeah. making sure everyone gets their credit for. I'm really glad you said, you mentioned yeah. it because that's he gets point. so much shit. He really does, and. Man, you guys, Undeservedly. the guy, the guy, just like Roy Thomas, is a guy who came from fandom and really does care. And, and you know, when you do get to hear him speak from the heart, as he did in Chicago, I think that's year, what people kind of cool forget about him. Is like they look at him almost like he's a suit, right? Which he is, but I mean, it's like yeah, but he was. A, oh no, he's one. He's well, one you know of what? Us. Right, he's a, fan. he's a fan. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like I think people don't realize that or forget that or something. And like I said, when he's talked in Chicago. Uh, at that at the Batman uh, panel, um, yeah, I mean, you really saw what his, you yeah. know, sort of his passion and and you know, dedicated to making really you know his best stories that he can. Or that generous movie made when you know <clears throat> someone brought up, hey, I'm blind. Uh, I really enjoyed Infinite Crisis. Yeah, are you going to yeah. do, uh, or rather, more, I enjoyed more, Identity yeah, Crisis. Yeah. Are you going to you know Novelization the rest of the story? Or actually, you read Infinite Crisis. Were they going to do Fifty Two? And they didn't have an answer because that really comes from Warner's book department. But Levitz is like, you know, I had a friend who we would read uh, into a reel-to-reel tape and give those tapes to a friend who became blind and was a comic book fan. And he said, if other people would like to do that, he goes, I really have no problem with it. Which is pretty cool for the publisher at DC to say, yeah, our copyright material, go ahead and read it for the blind. It's cool. I mean, that's really nice. That's, Tom, that's when are we going to get transcripts of your show, though? Dick. <laughs> Dick. I knew that was coming. He's like, hey, got a little snowball for you, son. Uh, take that. Whack, Johnny. All right. All right I want to talk about... offer up transcripts of your show. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Suntress, there's no more uh, comments for tonight. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I want to talk about something that was truly awful this week. <laughs> We're going to end on a high note. <laughs> uh, phenomenon. <laughs> this is the new phenomenon was phenomenon. not phenomenal. <laughs> no, this is bad. This is the new show. It's a new show on. Uh, I think it's NBC, and it's yes, basically it the uh, the comic or uh, the uh, the tw- the American Idol for illusionists <laughs> and mentalists, and it was Tricks hosted. Something whores do for money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Joe from a from No, it's 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 Uri Geller. Yes. And and uh, Chris Angel, the mind, mind free. free. Oh God, I'd like to beat that guy My with a baseball. Nephew loves that guy. Uh, he loves does that. awesome illusions, but he just annoys me. But uh, but so basically, the concept is they they have 
You're Uri Geller and, and Chris Uri. Ange, Uri. Is it Uri? It's Uri. Uri. No, it's Uri. Uri. It's Uri. 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 And uh, they're like the judges for <laughs> these ten or what, however many illusionists. Oh, I thought it was against the two of them. Go no, ahead. no, no. They're just they're judges. Just judges. They're just you judges. saw the woman in half of them and saw her in the quarters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude. Exactly. And uh, the first episode was like the, the first five way. guys, and they each did a bit. Uh, and they had three celebrities there to help them as like what you know. was one English? Was Doug no, it was uh, Carmen Electra, Rachel Hunter, <laughs> and then some really annoying high pitched gay guy. I don't know who he is. I, I've, I've seen Bork? him. I've seen him before. No, younger than that. Okay. I, I've seen Paul, him before. The ghost of Paul Lynn. But I, no, no, young, much younger. But I don't know who he is. I, I, I think he might have been on a uh, reality TV show before. <laughs> Something I don't know. But uh, he's not younger. So no. each of these guys do their trick, and then uh, Uri Geller and 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 Chris Angel comment on it. Just you know, and I, it was Who so wonderful. Ba- and I, I, I watched it because I am a big fan of magic. I've always been interested in magic, and, I, and sort well, of Marshall like, Brodeen next to us. Well, there. I've always yeah, just I've oh, always he does liked card it. tricks in the office. Yeah, I, I have always. You know, try to do some a little magic Say, tricks and stuff. What's I've always been behind your ear. Here, lick, uh, the, lick this and put it on your forehead. Dollar. But I mean, it was so That's bad good. because the thing, the, like, they they present it like, like we were talking earlier, like, magic like it's real. real. <laughs> yeah, but then it's like it's a reality TV show, but it's real. I mean, they did it all live. You know, so this is a live presentation. These are dead. Be completely silent. Because uh, if something, you know, could go wrong, they would lose the incantations. Die. Like, these Michael are around. jokes. These are. You fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> See what that means? And I will say, there was like. There was two guys that did some pretty interesting tricks. Nothing was, really mind blowing. Some arrested I mean, development like, job level. Yeah, stuff. I mean, there were a couple. Of final like, countdown. Well, the thing was like like three like three out of the five. I went I went. Well, that's I, I know how that. that yeah, I figured it out as I'm watching it. Like I, that's so. Be Will Arnett on that show. You know? That would be a good show. Yeah, then it would be. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was god awful. I mean, it was so bad, and it, it drives me nuts. We, like you were saying before, Tom. It's like Uri Geller is one of those guys that like for thirty years has been trying to convince people <laughs> that what he does is real. Yeah, it's real. That he's a mentalist. That yeah. he can really do this. Ben Spoons with and, his mind. Yeah. And this is the thing. There's a guy out there who's like a uh, scientist, I believe, and he goes by the name of the Amazing Rand. Randy. Oh, Randy. Um, uh, I can't think of his last name. I, I know of him. But he's he, great. He yeah, does all the same he does, shit he and tells do, you he, how he does yeah, it. Yeah. He can do all of it. And he spent the last probably 20 years trying to debunk any of these guys. Yeah. And he actually has a foundation set up yeah. that has uh, Randy, a... Oh, I listen I to him of, all the time. Yeah, he's he's great. Like Michael Knight has a foundation No, he has, well? he has this foundation where right. he's got like $2 million in an escrow yep. account. That oh, he will give anyone to prove, like a to real prove any anything, oh, ESP, cool. tele- anything, that's and he has challenged Uri Geller over and over again to, to prove do that it, it to prove it, and Geller won't no way. do it. He I'm going won't, to Branson know. next week. Are but, you nuts? But it's like it's it's like it, I mean that stuff drives me nuts. That and like every why why is it every magician has to have like. Hot this chick? personality now, like the, their, you yeah. know, mystique. Per- it's like just do your trick and shut it's up. And, but it's bad so showmanship. It's PC horrible. I mean, slap your face and point you to the egress. Uh, I mean, like, I like, like I thought. I think uh, what's his name, Chris? Uh, Chris Angel? No, 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 not Chris Angel. I'm sorry. Isaac? No, the other guy. <laughs> He's the other street magician guy. Uh, <laughs> David uh, Blaine. Blaine, David Blaine. David Blaine, yeah. But not okay. one of the best... Yeah, where's he on this show? One of the one of the best close-up magicians ever. I mean, the guy does... Card his tricks, card man. tricks, hand, sleight of hand stuff, 
to do that in front of someone with like a crowd sitting around you is really hard to do. And he does some phenomenal stuff. But then all of a sudden, and he just came out like t-shirt jeans was on the street, and he would do his tricks, and they were mind blowing. But then all of a sudden, it became like stunt devil. You know, I'm, I'm Jesus. I'm yeah. going to light I'm myself Jesus. on I'm fire. I'm magic it's Jesus. Like, I will resurrect myself after burning to a cinder. I'm going to climb into just... a sphere of water. Yeah, can't yeah, you? That's just not a fucking in magic Times trick. Square. You know, it's like, can't you just do He ran out of tricks. And, you know, yeah, yeah, I know. Where have you That's gone, a... Harry Blackstone? He, yeah. changed, he changed his format. <laughs> well, Houdini was a guy, like Houdini, the, probably the most famous magician ever. I mean, he was a guy who always, from the beginning, said, these are not magic tricks. These are things that I can do because I've worked hard, I'm athletic, They're and illusions. smart, and I know how to yeah. do it, and anyone can do it. They just don't know how, and I figured out it. But he never, you know, it's like he never. Tricks are something whores do for money. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Harry Houdini, 1926. (laughs) Son of a bitch. That's a job. Tricks are something whores do for money. So, phenomenon was less than phenomenal. Second chance. It was awful. It was. That's hilarious. Well, that's disappointing. Because I'm a magic aficionado as well, but it looked too. It was bad. It was. Well, we'll we'll end on a high note. What? 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 One more thing from Phenomenon. So they try and do, Uri Geller's going to do a live trick to the audience watching. Oh, on cool. TV. So it's like, and it's a really... Where'd he bed? It's one of the worst goddamn illusions ever. Basically, he shows you five symbols, and then he's going to project the one that he wants you to pick. In his, on, to on you. Or whatever. No, he's going to project okay. it into your mind as you're okay. watching the television set. Okay. And so he does it in the beginning of the show, and he seals it in an envelope, and he puts it in a box. At the end of the show, they show it, right? And it, they take a poll. People went online or called or text messages. You called for 75 yeah, cents. Exactly, you yeah. vote for what? And, 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 and here were the results. You know what the trick is? You lost 75 cents. <laughs> yeah. And I have it. The results were uh, Amer- America picked the right one okay. because it was 28% nice. of the voting, while everything else was like 17, 25, okay. 20. But they got the right one. Yeah, so 67 people called, and one guy made it, <laughs> yeah. tipped it over to the right way. Exactly. Nice. Jesus Christ. Jeez. So there you go. Well, on, on, on a high note, yes. um, after three weeks, pushing daisies, still good. Pushing I am, daisies. I'm amazed. I know. Oh, I know. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not watching that show. It's a good I'm so show. I'm hearing about it's it. It's a and good, good show. news. They they have. I've heard they they've signed them up for nine the, more at least. Um, the back yeah, nine. We'll, back we'll have. We'll have. Bob Hope would say it's a back nine. Ladies we'll have a complete. First season of Pushing Daisies, at least. So, and after so we'll have something to watch on the Sci-Fi Channel when it doesn't work. But <laughs> exactly. it's a, just like now and again. Now and again was a brilliant show. You know it what? didn't make it. That show may be good for one season, and that may be all they right. got in them. No, and I that's understand. cool. No, that's I'm, fine. I but we're going to get one season and three three episodes in. I like it. No, I think it's so good. too. It's very funny yeah. and it's it's smart. Cute. I got no problem with it. Oh, the cute. It is cute. It's it is really, very it's, cute. But it's you know, sickingly, sickingly. It is. This is my own issue with the fact that it's there's cute. so many podcasts clever, now talking really about TV clever. shows. Like I, I, I have seen one episode of Pushing Daisies, and I don't want to watch anymore because Everybody I just talks, hear quit listening to everyone, podcasts. I can't because I'm at work and I have nothing to fucking do. <laughs> are there any Are there any other new shows that have stuck with anybody? BSG. <laughs> Sal, 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 Sal. suck. It's not going to be back until fucking April. I, I'm on you the first care. season. I don't care, He's man. Finally, oh, that's right. finally okay. watching Battlestar Galactica. I, I refuse I'm to watch it. Doctor I had no interest in it. Honestly, I understand. I felt that way about Babylon like 5. And I got to tell you, I realized in how wrong I was. Chris Krasinski's brilliant. Chris you know, just kept, keeps telling me how good Battlestar Galactica was. It's a great show. They don't give Peabody to shitty shows, man. And I didn't want it. I didn't. Simple Life did not win a Peabody. It wasn't even a matter of the fact. It wasn't even the fact that it was a. It was. A good or a bad show. It was a sci-fi show, and I just really had no interest 
in another sci-fi show. I'd watched a lot of sci-fi when I was a kid, read a lot of sci-fi. I just had no real so interest into it. Are you? I'm only like six episodes into it, but I'm hooked. You know, I mean, that's I'm done. I, mean, I was I was kind of like the miniseries. I was like, all right, eh, it was okay. Had some but issues, that first episode, oh, 30, 33 minutes yeah. or whatever the hell it was yeah. called, yeah. Great. immediately sucks you in. And, and I it's still like, that, that's just, if you don't like that episode, you're not going to yeah. like the show. Oh, yeah. If you do, you're not going to be disappointed. No, I'm six into it, and I'm hooked on it now. You're going to love fantastic. it. I'm going to love Doctor Who now. Although I finally started watching the new Doctor Who. Really? I don't know if I can make that I'm watching the DVDs. Oh, cool. Yeah, and... Public television, depending on what is on my DVD. Eccleston's great, but I got to say, Tenet is excellent too. I haven't got to the. I don't know if I can. uh, I can jump on the Doctor Who. I never liked Doctor Who. some uh, a lot of them, a lot of them are good, a lot of them are yeah. Oh yeah, there's and yeah, I mean they they can't escape they can't escape its past. So yeah, if you didn't like Doctor Who. I can see reasons not to like this again, I do have but some, I think it's an excellent show. I do have some issues with Battlestar Galactica, though. Oh, There's sure, some problems sure. with that we'll show. We'll get into that. There's some things that are, like, I can't... I just can't buy certain things that happen, and Starbuck annoys the shit out of me. Well, she'll grow on you. Yeah. Like I fungus. hope so. But she I annoys like, the shit yeah, out of me. but I like Edward James Olmos. He's, yeah, he's good. Well, he's, and he's I'll tell not, you what, Trisha Helford, Trisha Helford, uh, I'd fuck over 50,000 people... For Trisha Helford, myself, so <laughs> she, I can understand. Honestly, Dr. as, ho- as hot as she is, or whatever his name, mm-hmm. is. yeah, ba- ba- Baltar, Baltar, yeah, Gaius. As hot as she is, though, she actually shows some real acting chops. In no, her. yeah, she, no, she, she's that's she the is. thing that actually amazes me about her is like her every scene is just her being sexy, but she's actually a good act. I mean, she's you know she has no problem like showing off and you know everything. Sure, but she's she's a good actress. No, there's no question. David Icke and, and Ron Moore have said in the commentaries they're like. She continues to amaze us, and this literally is her first acting job. And the range that she shows, and he goes, "We will give her things," and it's like, I don't know, do you think she can handle it? And he goes, "She nails it." No, she's good, they, yeah. they are really in awe of her as an yeah. actress. And as that, as the show has gone on, she's had to kind of expand. She's not just the sex object. Oh no, she's actually a pretty important part of the plot. So she's we'll, we'll talk about BSG next week a lot. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this puppy up. Okay, um, Sal, why don't you let people know how they can become friends of the program? Oh, as we frantically flip through pages, go to aroundcomics.com where you can download and print out our LCS Challenge flyer. Ask your comic shop manager or owner if they will display it in their store. If they do, send us an email. We'll mention you and the store on the show as well as post on our site. Become friend of the program. Actually, we have a guy who email it. We I gave you that, damn it. Oh, it's your yeah, fault. There is, uh, there's someone that did this, and we Son will mention you next week. We promise. Where is yeah. it at? Where is it at? I don't even remember. Oh, we, okay. put him on the sh- we put him on the site. I tell you what. You it's the guy from Illinois, right? I don't the remember. Guy. We guys put him ahead. on the site, and we never mentioned him on the show. And he emailed us. He's like, hey, I don't want to mean to be a... Dick, dick, but, but we're being a dick again, aren't we? We're well, wait, dicks, let's yeah. pad for a second. iTunes reviews. We haven't gotten any in a while, and that makes uh, that makes Chris sad. It makes Chris sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you should, if you haven't written one, if you've already written one, but Even would like it, to start a different account. Us. If you hate yeah, us, if you hate us, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't care. Actually, if you hate it doesn't us. work. I've changed my username, and it just uh, transfers over. to You know, me. I don't really care if you write us bad ones. So if no, you hate us, they're fun to read. If you hate us, I'm questioning why you are listening. Yeah, you got a sickness or something. Yeah. You got issues. I think you love you us. You hate us, but you can't get enough of Give us. Give us three stars. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know you want to. We'd like to remind everybody that this episode is sponsored by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades.com is offering this month's reading selection, The Witching Hour, to Around Comics listeners for an amazing 40% off the cover price. Get your copy today for only eleven ninety seven. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. All at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 ship for free. 
You know what also also is free? What? Emotional support. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> and we're proud to offer help support the Hero Initiative. Hero creates a financial safety net for yesterday's creators who need emergency medical aid, financial support for essentials of life, and an avenue back into paying work. It's a chance for all of us to give back something to the people who have given us so much enjoyment. For more information, visit www.heroinitiative.org or call 310-909-7809 and ask what you can do for somebody else. Yeah, quit being a selfish bastard. Did you find out who it was? Nah, uh, I can't find we'll it. We'll get it next we'll week. I was also going to mention something else that was on a forum yeah. uh, that Hero Initiative just reminded me of. Is uh, Steve Bryan had uh, posted something about donating money for uh, schools to buy graphic novels. Yes. And at the time, I completely didn't pay attention to it. And then I, <laughs> I just did, and I donated some money, and I think other people should too, because I was reading the descriptions. Um, there's, um, I donated one in Chicago, actually, for someone wanted to buy Mouse and uh, Persepolis. Oh, the classroom. So I donate nice. some money. So if you go into a reform and look for that, I think that's a pretty nice. I thing would, to do. but I'd be afraid they'd buy eight ball. Eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> mouse is just from one point of view. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Not very sympathetic. That's all. All right. right well, for Tom, Sal, yeah. Mr. John Suntress, I'm Christopher Neesman, and uh, you've been listening to Around Comics. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. if you didn't know. <laughs> You've listened to this whole show. You You've gotten to the up? end and thought, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what this lost, this lost podcast. I'm lost. Sucks. Yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> they didn't talk about Harry Potter once. Tom and I are going to start an Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. Yeah, there you go. We're doing that next week. <laughs> top, yeah. top, I'm doing the Top Chef. Top chef. Hey, they're that. here in Chicago. No, that's cool. Mar- really? no. I'll Whole be doing all week. kinds of podcasts. You'll get laid. And I'll be doing that. Remember Kukla, Fan, Fran, and Ali. A fine nostalgia podcast. <laughs> all right. Everyone have a fantastic rest of your weekend. We'll be, uh, we'll be back on Monday with another uh, episode of Around Comics, the Comic Culture Podcast. Just around com- Just another episode is enough. Okay. <laughs> It's a bit much. In the meantime, <laughs> in between time, we'll be, be everywhere, everywhere in and around. Scotty can't handle high altitudes. <laughs>